Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thank you so much for joining us here at the There It Is Podcast, also known as America's Podcast. Because, hey, if Scott Arkerman is going to leave these golden podcast catchphrases on the table, I'm going to snatch them right up. He switched his up a couple of times. I can't. I don't even know what he's going by now. But it's he's he first he let go of the podcast where we talk to interesting people and adopted America's podcast. But now he's let that one go. So you know what this this is what we are. Uh, we are America's podcast that talks to interesting people, and I like it. We have a great guest today. Very interesting person. His name is Eloy LaSanta, but you may know him as Prince's friend, a YouTuber with about 600 videos all about Prince. He dissects the music and work and the impact of Prince. We talk about all of that right here. It's a really great chat. So let's just get right into it. Here's my chat with Prince's friend. You have so much on your YouTube page, uh, <laughs> Prince related. I, I don't think I can ever really catch up. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think some people might visit my channel and think that it just, you know, just appeared there on <laughs> YouTube. I've been doing it now for over four years, though, right? Uh, which is why I think we're we're re, we're almost at like six hundred videos, and yeah. uh, that's of varying lengths. Like some mm -hmm. videos are, you know, they they average like maybe 10, 15 minutes, but I have some that are like here's just a minute, and then I have some that are over an hour. You know, oh, wow. they, when I do live streams, I, I'm a rambler, so it's it it happens all the time. Yeah, um, you started that around when this podcast started, mm -hmm. and um, you know, this podcast started on June seventh of two thousand sixteen because yeah. I wanted to honor Prince. I I had wanted to do the podcast for months and had been working on it, and I said I'm going to pick June seventh. I mean, that's a good date. <laughs> I can't disagree with your choice of date. I think I started mine uh, maybe a few weeks earlier than that. Mm -hmm. um, but I bet yours was a lot more official. When I started mine, I it know. was it was also kind of to honor Prince. But, you know, because YouTube uh, had been kind of like a desert. It was a Prince desert. Yeah. Uh, was YouTube. So I, you know, had my collection of like rare Prince videos and stuff like that, like videos and clips and interviews and all that stuff. And I threw all of my stuff up on YouTube. I wouldn't say all of it. I actually have quite a bit. Um, but I, I threw like a good number of my videos up on YouTube. And it was also to kind of honor Prince. And um, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, well, bef you know, before Prince didn't like it, so I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, But now that he's gone, I'm going to do it. It was more like um, that was a place that was devoid of Prince, and I felt like it needed to have some Prince in it. Um, and it was interesting because that got my channel a lot of followers like right up front. Mm-hmm. 
because I was posting stuff like illegally that I wasn't supposed to be putting up there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just, you know, truth be told, I've learned my lesson because I actually got strikes and they were going to take my channel away from me. Oh, wow. Uh, but I contacted the people who were in charge of doing the strikes and I was just like, well, if I promise to take everything down and – you know, I don't just post stuff that obviously doesn't belong to me anymore. Can I have my channel back? And they said, yeah. So I was like, cool. So I wiped the entire channel clean and then I started posting reviews. You know, I started posting discussions. I started posting about the news and that sort of thing instead of just, you know, pure instead of the pure Prince experience, <laughs> you know, of here's a concert, here's a video. Uh, it's more like a filtered Prince experience. Like, here, let me tell you about that thing that I'm not allowed to show you. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Do you have a background in media? I mean, where did the ability to be able to do YouTube videos come from for you? Uh, you know, it's funny. I don't have a uh, background in media. My background is in game design. Oh, cool. Uh, I have a, uh, a, a, a gaming co- – I have a couple of gaming companies actually. Uh, but my main one is called Third Eye Games and oh, cool. uh, I, I do a lot of – yes. Funny enough, I named my company in 2008. So that was even well, before well Prince before, had Third yeah. Eye Girl. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was beforehand and then – and my acronym was always 3EG and that's what people use for Third Eye Girl now. And I love it. I <laughs> – I'll take the comparison. Were you making a Prince reference then since it was no. before Third Eye Girl? Okay. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was actually going with the whole like Third Eye, in, you know, Indian kind of vibe mm-hmm. or whatever. But, um, but you know, I'll take it. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I love, I love the, how people are like, oh, Third Eye Girl, I see what you did there, Loy. And I'm like, totally. I totally did that because of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I have a I have a gaming company. I've I've designed a bunch of different it's tabletop gaming. So I'm I'm a game designer slash writer. So essentially I write books. Oh cool. Um, and I write and publish books that have games in them and like have settings and character and narratives and all of that stuff. It's a lot of fun, and I've been doing it for over a decade. But that's mostly where I got what I do. Like that's yeah. I besides that, besides the gaming aspect of my life, the other part of my life was always Prince. And wow, just talking about Prince, like uh, most of my friends have an education on Prince, even if they don't listen to Prince. Because, because you just to about <laughs> exactly just by knowing me, if you bring up a topic, I can relate it back to Prince somehow. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so that was always how I was even before I had a channel. Um, But what ended up happening was, you know, after Prince passed, um, I never necessarily was a member of any uh, community. I wasn't a part of – I wasn't on Prince.org. I wasn't a part of any of the Facebook groups. I didn't have that because – how do I say that? My connection with Prince was very much about the music. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a personal connection, and still is a personal connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it was always I would wait for the new music to come out, and I would listen to it and absorb it and digest it and dissect it and like make it a part of my being. And then I would wait for the next album, okay? Uh, because I didn't necessarily need to go out and you know. Uh, theorize with other people or try and like learn more about his personal life or anything like that. Cause for me, it was always about the music. Right. So, and so when he died, that was where, 
that was like the first moment in my life that I actually felt like I needed to share my morning with people. And then that's when I reached out and then I started doing the YouTube thing. And I found that, you know, over the last four years, you know, we've actually built a really great community, you know, of people like that I've met now in person at the various celebrations and, you know, stuff like that. So, and there actually are like, there's a bunch of different, like, again, there's like the Prince org community, Mm -hmm. there's individual Facebook group communities. Um, there's Instagram communities, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have my, you know, little community on my, uh, on my YouTube channel now. And it's, and it's so fun and it's such a great experience now. Like, I wish I would have been, you know, sharing my love for Prince's music with other people my whole life, you know, because I've been listening to Prince since I was 11. Mm-hmm. So that's almost 30 years now. I, I turned 41 this year. Oh, so. okay. yeah, me too. So <laughs> yeah, see, so <laughs> we have so uh, much in common. We, we kind of do actually, um, except I don't do comedy. I, I've always said <laughs> that I should do uh, stand up comedy. Um, but I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten over my stage fright. Uh, well, that's the thing, you know, that's what gets people is the stage fright. There's always improv. You you get other people up there. It helps a little. Well, yeah. And like on YouTube, it's different because I can, you know, I can record myself and if it sucks, I'll do it again. Right. Uh, so when you're up on stage, if it sucks, you get booed. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can handle that. Uh, You don't get, I've yet to get booed. So you'll be fine. Okay. Well, then I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> Go for it. Well, I don't know, social distance. But. Well, probably not tomorrow, but, you know, as soon as I can. <laughs> I uh, I love this this whole story. I want to go back to the gaming yeah. uh, that you've been doing for Sorry, I jump years. around a lot. No, it's totally fine. I do, too. Um, so you, you have a couple of different companies. Are there yeah. any games that people are familiar with that you've worked on? You know, it's funny. Um, well, so I not have, that that matters, of course. No, no, no. What I'll say is, uh, very few people are familiar with tabletop role playing games unless they are into tabletop role playing games. <laughs> uh, so I'll say that it's a very, very small market. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have worked on obviously my own games. I have a name, uh, one called uh, Part Time Gods. I have another one called um, Ninja Crusade, uh, Apocalypse Prevention Inc., Sins of the Father. Um, mermaid adventures infestation i have so in the industry i'm Mm -hmm. actually pretty well known in the tabletop gaming industry i'm pretty well known for um being kind of a one-man army and being kind of that person who is putting out brand new stuff all the time Mm -hmm. I i don't know if this is sounding familiar, um, I'm putting <laughs> know, out things right? that no one else is doing. <laughs> I'm coming up with brand new ways to express game design. Uh, and that's, you know, again, Prince has always been kind of a part of my life. Right. Uh, even I totally in the know way what that I, mean. yeah, exactly. So even in, even in my game design, uh, I've always tried to emulate him and I'm always mm-hmm. pushing myself and always trying to come up with that next new thing that's going to be, you know, the next huge thing. And, you know, and I have a following and I have, you know, people who love my work and, you know, and I'm not giant in the industry, but I'm also not small. Like um, I was the actually one of the first. Uh, actually, the first I was the first uh, African American male or black dude, basically, to uh, win uh, what is called an Innie Award, which is basically the Gaming Designs Oscars. Oh wow! 
So I was actually one of the very first ones, and I keep saying one of the. I was the first one uh, in 2017 to uh, to win an any award and get up on stage and accept it. And of course, I dedicated that to Prince. Right. And uh, I've shared that video several times. I have a video on my YouTube channel that is of my acceptance speech that I gave, and like the people in the crowd were like bawling, and you know, so <laughs> it's it's pre- it's pretty great. Uh, I do love doing my game design. It is, you know, it's been a passion in my life. What ended up happening is after Prince died, um, I started doing the YouTube channel and then like slowly but surely the YouTube channel has taken up more and more time. So I do less game design right now because I have to focus so much on uh, the YouTube channel now. Um so yeah so it's kind of a balancing act at this point but uh, both are very very important to me yeah i mean and there that's that's really great and it's you pointed out you know the how prolific prince was uh, you yeah. alluded to that and um you know this about work ethic as well and uh, there is so much to take from him and inspiration for that so i'm not at all surprised to hear that you have taken that inspiration into how you are doing the tabletop games and the YouTube work, because that's how he, I mean, he was putting out an album a year basically. And even years that he skipped when he came back, uh, he had like a double album or something like that. Stuff like that. So (laughs) like in the eighties and nineties, he didn't have 20 albums worth of material. He had, an abundant amount. I mean, it was at least 25 albums worth of material that he had put out under his own name. It doesn't even count the time. It doesn't count Apollonia six or whoever, you know, like uh, there's so much material that he made (laughs) throughout his life. That is staggering, honestly. And one of actually the cool things about doing the channel is because my relationship with Prince was actually always so personal. Um, to me, you know, Prince didn't know that I existed, um, but you know, but it was personal to me. Um, but it was funny because I was very, very uh, centralized on Prince, uh, so I didn't really listen to a lot of the Time or Apollonia, Vanity, uh, mm. you know, mm-hmm. Madhouse. I didn't listen to a lot of the side projects. So when I started the channel and I actually did, I was like, I'm not just going to make this just prince i'm actually going to go and do the prince side projects the proteges the family tree and everything i i started to learn a lot more and that's one of the best things about prince is that you know you can listen to him for as long as you want to and you can think that you know everything and then eventually you find out something you did not know right so all right there's so much out there i mean i read the rolling stones uh, tribute magazine to him that had yep. every interview and you know, and a bunch of other things in there as well but there's so much more than that out there that people mm-hmm. can can learn from him on he was a very inspirational figure for me and i kind of didn't know it until he passed did you yeah. have that experience when he passed that you realized just how influential he was for you um no it didn't it didn't take him passing for me to know yeah, I knew it, that it, he was. Yeah, it's kind of like, like I'm I'm sitting at my desk and I'm looking at purple scissors that I bought, and I I had long had, you know, probably 
well, over a decade before he passed, mm-hmm. I had had this thing. If I was like going to the store and buying a toothbrush or a pair of scissors or whatever, if there was a purple option, I bought the purple and I always bought it <laughs> saying for Prince. <laughs> you know, like he he had such an impact on me in ways that I was very consciously aware of. And it, yeah. and I was always like, I already was celebrating Prince Day before. You know, mm-hmm. I was already like, oh, June 7th, that's Prince's birthday. Let's listen to some Prince music. You know, I was already doing that sort of stuff. And then when he passed, I realized how much, how hard it was for me and how much it hit me. And I, yeah. I, I think it was because he was... Like I heard this quote, someone said, when celebrities die, we don't cry because we lost someone. It's because we lost someone who showed us how to be who we are. Yeah. And and it's something to that effect. And no, I, 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 I realized that, that was the situation yeah. for me. I'd agree with that. Um, you know, one of the things that I've always said is that, you know, again, Prince didn't know me from a can of paint. You know what I mean? So, uh, but for me, you know, what was important to me was Prince's music made me think, um, it gave me room to grow Mm -hmm. and it challenged me in a way that, you know, did kind of form me into the man that I am. So what, what I love about Prince's music is how it makes me, um, feel about me, Mm -hmm. you know, and not... And, 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 you know, to me, he's really the only artist that has ever put out the kind of music that really spoke to me in that certain way. Now, uh-huh. like, he's not the only artist I listen to. I listen to a lot of different music, mm-hmm. um, which was, of course, something that, uh, you know, I learned from him is, you know, you yeah. listen to everything and then you make it a part of what you do. And, you know, because Prince couldn't play every you know, Prince couldn't play every genre just because, you know, he you just made it up. Like, right. no, he listened to the genre right. and then he made it a part of what he did. Right. And, I mean, people don't realize how much he loved Joni Mitchell. Right. Obviously, he listened to a lot of R&B and funk and soul of the 70s, but he was digging on, on Joni Mitchell. He said that he really liked Tom Petty. And whenever Tom mm-hmm. Petty, a Tom Petty song was coming on the radio, he knew it was going to be a good song. I mean, he appreciated people that people wouldn't think was in his wheelhouse. Exactly. Of, of well, I, and I remember there was one interview where they asked him, what do you think about Bruce Springsteen? And he even said, like, I don't really listen to his music, but I've watched him perform and I love the way and his presence on stage and the way that he controls his band. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then that's, Again, it's like that's how you have to look at the world. Like even if that thing isn't your best and your favorite or whatever, like mm-hmm. there's always something to be learned from it. Yeah. I heard that he wasn't a big Beatles fan, but then I think in one of your videos, maybe it was, that he wrote a song at a time when he was listening to like John Lennon. Yeah. Well, um, uh, Around the World in a Day, that whole post uh, mm-hmm. Purple Rain album mm-hmm. was very – it was very psychedelic and mm-hmm. the members of the revolution have said that they were listening to Beatles a lot with Prince at that time. Uh, yeah, uh, I did hear so, that. Yeah. So he kind of he kind of encapsulated that and kind of made it part of his sound. Um, but it was still funky. Yeah, Beatles were never funky. 
That's true. <laughs> I love the Beatles, but they weren't. They didn't have the funk that he brought. <laughs> they they didn't have the funk exactly. So I I did hear that you didn't come to a, start being a, a fan. Well, a friend. <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, get this cat out of the bag. We um, probably should. Yeah, <laughs> Prince's friend doesn't mean you are a friend of his personally. It's that he did not. He specifically said. He didn't like the word fan uh, because that's short for fanatic. Exactly. And, and he and preferred in like friend. The, right. Well, in the mid 90s, he used friend. And uh, and in the mid 90s, that was when I was the hardest into Prince. Mm. Uh, you know, that was those are my teenage years. You know, that's mm-hmm. when you get into it. Yeah. Um, but it, later on, I think that he ended up evolving that into fam. So he would use fam with an M instead of an N. Mm-hmm. Uh I never let go of friend, mm-hmm. so I've always said that I'm a friend. I'm a prince friend, uh, and what and what has happened without of that is, um, you know, a lot of people start started using the, the term friend again, mm-hmm. and like it's it's a term that hadn't re- really necessarily been used since the '90s, kinda. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, after I started my channel and I explained this is why I use the term friend, there actually are a lot of people who are now using the term friend in the oh, community cool. now. So I like that. I like the resurgence of the term that I'm the most familiar with. Um, but also the other, you know, the other half of that coin is people going, how can you call yourself a friend? You never met Prince. You never, you're not a friend. And I'm just right. like, like, okay, guys, everything has context. <laughs> like <laughs> Exactly. It's like, let's. You know, yes, I'm using the word friend. I'm using it in not the colloquially accepted mm-hmm. term. I'm using it as the term that Prince used it. So, like, either shift your definition or get over it. Exactly. <laughs> good Good point. You got into Prince in a post-revolution era. Yeah, I was 11. And it, my mom listened to Prince. Okay. So there was there was always Prince in my house. Um, but so I was the didn't. Batman soundtrack that maybe. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, close though. It was the one after that. Oh, Graffiti it was, Bridge. It was Graffiti Bridge. Wow. Um, Graffiti Bridge was the first Prince album that I purchased. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and well, actually, no, no, no. Wait, that's wrong. Uh, Graffiti Bridge was the was an album that my mom purchased. And she listened to it, and she's just like, eh, it's okay, but, you know, it's an album. Do you want it? And I was like, sure, I'll take it. And I listened to it, and it, like, blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I like, absorbed it for, like, m- like months. I absorbed that mm-hmm. just single album. And then I said, hey, Ma, I was like, does, does, does this artist have anything else? And she's like, oh, yeah, like this Purple Rain album and this one and this one. And I'm like, okay, cool. And she was just like, yeah, but he's released a lot of music like over the years. And I'm like, really? So I was like, well, what was the name of his first album? And she was like, it's called For You. And I was like, okay. So I went to the record store and bought For You. For You was the first album I purchased. Wow. And when i was done absorbing that one and that and like that booklet of that cd doesn't have uh the lyrics in it so it required me like i would listen to it and i'd I'd transcribe the lyrics myself and all kinds of stuff because i was getting way deep into it Mm -hmm. but the big thing for me was i was like i went back to the first album and i wanted to experience the journey of this man going from for you 
to Graffiti Bridge because mm. they're very, very different. Very different. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, For You has such a disco feel to it. Mm-hmm. And Graffiti Bridge is 90s <laughs> R&B. Exactly. Um, that's so, great. It sounds like went... you had a similar experience with that album as I had with Batman. Because uh, yeah. Batman was one where I just listened to it constantly just cut i went to bed with a cassette player under my head playing that album and when i would wake up in the middle of the night i'd flip the tape over and play it and go to sleep listen like i learned so much of that album by osmosis um (laughs) and i had loved purple rain before that and that was probably like when I first got really big into Prince was that, but when I got sort of nerdy about music mm-hmm. in general, but nerdy about his music was Batman. And so when Graffiti Bridge and Di- Diamonds and Pearls came out, I was like there. I was re- ready for yeah. those. Well, and I think that's the difference between, you know, someone who got into Prince at that era versus somebody who's been into him since like the early eighties, mm-hmm. because I'll listen to the early eighties stuff and I'll be like, that stuff is really good, mm-hmm. but I'm here for the mix of, you know, pop, funk, rock, spirituality, mm-hmm. sexuality. That's what I want. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, he started to fall off when he got to, you know, love sexy and I, you know, yeah. Batman and all that stuff. And I'm like, but that's what I was there for. Yeah. I love you know so I mean? much of the nineties stuff that came out. Oh, so good. There's some gems, like there are just some really great things out there. Um, I am interested what you would say. Do you have a favorite Prince album? Um, I usually, I, it's hard to really kind of like, yeah, narrow it down to like this one is going is my favorite and will always be my favorite right but uh i would say at the moment uh i believe that artificial age still holds that top spot oh dope yeah that's so one of, artificial- it's, and that's a great thing for like an artist to hear you know like if for an artist because that's one of his last four albums yeah that's a yeah the yeah the third to last yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for that to be uh, the the favorite. I mean, that's what an artist wants. Oh yeah, <laughs> they don't oh, want yeah. their oh, first album to be uh, the favorite. Like if someone said, "What's your, you know, my favorite album by the Foo Fighters?" It was like oh, that second one was pretty good. Yeah, if you say the yeah, color that's... and the shape, then like they're gonna be pissed. <laughs> right, right. Um... <laughs> like we've made so much music for well over twenty years since then. Like, it's, it's, sorry, it's, man. My answer, my answer to that question is the color and the shape. Sadly, mine too. Um, but. <laughs> Mine too. I just, I don't know what it is. It's that album. And it's like, there are a couple of songs. It's so good. So good. But I, but in my game design, like I've come out with second editions of my games. And I remember somebody was like, oh man, I checked out part-time God's second edition and it's way better than the first edition. And I'm like, (laughs) I mean, it better be. That's the entire point (laughs) of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What are some of the things that Prince has said that you've discovered since starting the YouTube channel that has really inspired you. Oh man. I'm sure there's millions of things you can think of, but I mean, any highlights? Uh, I think for me, I think the biggest thing for me 
doing the channel and it's something that I only kind of recently started doing uh, is I started um, a series called Wordplay where Mm -hmm. I start kind of dissecting the lyrics to some of his songs Mm -hmm. because the biggest thing that I've been doing recently is um, trying to – well, first off, I've been learning music myself and doing songwriting and stuff. So. In like in honor of Prince, like I'm trying to be able to emulate that that part of him, and you know, play playing all my own instruments and writing all my own songs, stuff like that. So very cool. Um, I'm trying. I'm very early. So, <laughs> but what I've noticed is that the songwriting, even though it's very simple, uh, it's actually very very deep. Uh, and that Prince was very much the the pinnacle songwriter. And a lot of people are like, oh, he was great at writing songs and melodies and hooks, but was, you know, he wasn't a great lyricist. I've heard that written several times. And I hate uh, that. And, and it's one that. of my yeah, it's one of my pet peeves because mine too. If you because I mean, if you just listen to uh, I, if you go check out my wordplay stuff, like the last one I did was for the song Third Eye mm-hmm. and um, and it, you know, breaking down each of the individual lines and what it meant and where he was in his life. And like he says a lot of stuff without saying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says a lot of stuff uh, without context. But then mm-hmm. if you put it into context, it means something completely different. Uh, you know, like I Would Die For You is probably one of those songs that uh, – you know, is is one of my favorites because not yeah. everybody, you know, catches the fact that, right. you know, that's a biblical song. Right. And that know? album has a lot more biblical. I mean, Purple Rain itself yeah. is uh, biblical, 1999. I mean, there's yeah, so much. much. Yeah, a lot of his early work was all about the end of the world and God. Yeah. So <laughs> He has so many songs. I, I do hate it because, like, Raspberry Beret is such a lyrically great song. Uh, mm-hmm. So many songs on Sign of the Times are as well. I mean, like, honestly, on every album, but they're just some, the highlights for me are, are, are just a couple of those that I've mentioned already. And you're right. He did have, he did say so much without directly saying it. And that is a sign of good lyricism. Definitely. And that's something that I'm struggling with because, you know, like I said, I'm I'm working on writing my own songs and I have stuff to say and I find myself just saying it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time I'm trying to figure out ways to not just say the thing I'm trying to say and mm-hmm. try to make it more poetic and try to make it possibly take on different metaphors and, mm-hmm. you know, symbology. Uh, and, you know, in the end, that makes a better song because if it's not 100% clear what a song really is, then people can kind of put their own meaning on it. Mm-hmm. And then that song can appeal to lots of different people because they all believe that it means something different. Gosh, I love Prince so much. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> there's so many layers to how much I love Prince. When you started this um, this channel and you, and you had to make the changeover to doing reviews and things like that, what scope did you have for it? My My original idea was that I was going to review prince's albums from start to finish my the the way i used to say it was going to be from for you to big city mm-hmm. and um <laughs> that that has obviously like taken a larger you know step since then mm-hmm. um 
because if you watch if you watch a lot of my earlier videos, the channel was much heavier on the reviews. Mm-hmm. And I would have like two or three reviews a week um, and, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I started doing, um, excuse me, but as soon as I started doing uh, news coverage, as soon as I started doing, you know, hosting larger discussions, Mm -hmm. as soon as I started, uh, you know, going to events and trying to, um, you know, like I would try and take pictures and film of like different Prince events I would go to. And then I put those on my channel so that people could feel like they were there too. Uh, you know, as soon as it started becoming bigger and bigger and I started adding more and more things to it, uh, it kind of got away from me. And so now we don't do as many reviews as we used to, but that is still the end goal. The still, it's still the end goal to go from for you to big city. And uh, like the next album review, the last album review we just did was for The Truth. Mm-hmm. And the next one is for Kama Sutra because I am still going in order. Uh, <laughs> and then the one after Kama Sutra will be New Power Soul and so on and so forth. Okay. So I get lots of people who are always like, oh, are you ever going to do one for, you know, Rave Into the Joy Fantastic? I'm like, Eventually. right after Unto. <laughs> like, I just got to get there. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned Kama Sutra, and I don't know Kama Sutra. Ah, we'll see. Uh, Kama Sutra is actually it's an instrumental album that Prince wrote and uh, for Maite and gave it to her and released it uh, on the day of their wedding mm-hmm. when they got married. And it's a uh, it's a, it's actually a really beautiful kind of symphony. It's done by the MPG Orchestra, mm-hmm. and uh, so Prince wrote a symphony for his wife. Because so, that's Prince for you. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So that's the next review. Uh, but the only way to get it originally was you had to be a member of the MPG Music Club. I like, lost I think a lot of stuff because of that. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that people didn't get because they weren't. And um, also, if you got the five disc version of Crystal Ball instead of the four disc version. <laughs> I got that the four fifth, disc. So did I when I was when I was actually buying it back then i've since gotten my hands on kama sutra uh but that was the fifth disc for those people who purchased crystal ball from the mpg music club and not from like borders or you know whatever uh so yeah so and it's and it's a really good album actually it's it's a good like instrument like you can just put it on it's great like the way that i've described it so far i'm about halfway done writing my review uh is that it's it's it almost feels like an old-timey detective score uh-huh uh like and like if you go by the titles it's just like you know what was lost is now found and it's like it it feels like he's like a detective on the hunt for love and now he's found it and it's it's wonderful uh you know there's no lyrics or anything for me to dissect so i just mm-hmm. have to go off the 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 song titles and the feel of the music so uh, it's mm. it's a fun album, though. But that's part of what I do on my channel is I really try hard to uh, not just talk about the 80s and talk about the stuff that's popular. Right. Because to me, The Prince was, you know, way more than the 80s. I shouted mm-hmm. from the top of my lungs anytime I can. Yeah, I and, agree. He had the some last... dope stuff in the 90s and the 2000s. And the 2010s, like uh, the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> oh, I was meeting them when I said 2000, but that's true. 2000s means the first decade. But uh, yeah, 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 I mean, he I had some great mean. stuff. He had some really, <laughs> really stellar stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm glad people are like you are out there letting people know about this stuff because I didn't even know about. I mean, maybe yeah. I heard about Kama Sutra and didn't know it was 
it was technically an album or something, but uh, yeah, I mean, I have I have some more stuff to get now, which is actually kind of exciting. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, about that. I, I still have some stuff to get, you know. So yeah, it's. <laughs> it's I mean, it's really it's really hard. I said a few years ago that uh, like I had I had just gotten another Prince album, and I said oh, I have. 10 more albums to get or something like that. And I thought, you know, I know that to some people is going to sound like Jason. I thought you were a Prince fan, but you, there are 10 albums of his you don't have. And I said, well, what you don't realize is that he has like over 35 albums. (laughs) Yeah. I think 39 albums are the, like the official Prince albums. There were 39, but that's not counting any of the side projects or MPG albums or anything like that. So, right. So yeah. it's there's so much to get that yeah. it's hard to get it all. And when he died, things that were on Amazon became several hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. And uh, like One Night Alone was something that I had wanted for 15 years. And when this new, this re-release was announced, I said, I am pre-ordering that. Because it was like 30 bucks for four discs. Well, three albums and a DVD, which I had no, the DVD, but yeah, it's four discs and an, and a DVD, yeah. And you know, I said, you know what, it's worth. It. It's the only time I've ever pre-ordered anything, mm. but I had wanted that album. I wa- I had wanted each of those for so long, and they were hard to find fifteen years ago. Exactly. Well before he passed, they were oh, yeah. like some of these things were just hard to find. Um, well, and that's yeah. that's one of the things that I love about the re-releases. Uh, I, I have a whole video, I have a video on my channel that's, uh, you know, if you're one of these people who are saying, uh, where's the new music? Why are they releasing any of this stuff? I already have it all. Uh, then I'm like, you know, shut up. It's not for you. Like, <laughs> right, like, right. You know, like it's for the people like you, like and that new people never got a chance to get it, but wanted it and for the new people to experience it. And it's better for these things to be more readily available and widely available prince didn't necessarily have that option uh or he didn't necessarily invest in that because he was very much about his you know he was like i have my people and my people pre-ordered it so Mm. if you're not one of my people then um i guess you don't get a copy because mm-hmm. whatever, I'm moving on to the next project, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, and uh, I just and couldn't I afford to be in, that, the, in, in the music club. That was the only thing I, re- I was very well aware of it and I wanted to be a part of it, but it was like kind of expensive for me at the time. It for that's for me too. I was only a member for like one year, but it went for like six. Yeah. Um, and so I got a couple of tracks, but. I don't even know where those went. So, I mean, there you go. Because my, yeah. you know, my computers have changed, and right. you know, storage in the cloud wasn't a thing back then. Right. You know? So it's like I used to have a bunch of stuff, and then I lost some of it because it was all digital. So I wonder it, if there's anyone who actually has everything that he released, like truly has everything that he released. Like I wonder uh, if even I, Questlove has it all. What I will say is that I have been invited to. Um, several people's personal vaults full of bootlegs and downloaded tracks and all that stuff. And I will say that every single person has different assortments of things. Yeah. Nobody has it all, but everybody has part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. So great. I wish one day I could have truly all of it. (laughs) 
All of what I, he would want out. I mean, I, I'm not yeah. necessarily going to say like, let's now go into the vaults and get all of that. Um, well, Prince, Prince. I mean, there was an interview in what was it, 19, 1999. He was going kind of back out and doing a bunch more interviews and tours and stuff because he was trying to promote Rave unto the Joy Fantastic, mm-hmm. and um, that was that was the interview with Kurt Loder where he goes, "So what happens to all the music that?" you've written he's like it's in the vault and he's like well what happens to the vault when you die he's like somebody will release it yeah i saw he's that. like who's gonna release it he's like i won't be here somebody will <laughs> it's like, you know um so, i wasn't I mean, ever I think, sure if he was sort of resigning himself to say like well this is gonna go out whether i like it or not or if he was like that's fine when that goes uh, out the way that he said it i mean we can only and nobody knows exactly what was going through his brain, but mm-hmm. he didn't say it like he was, you know, like like curmudgeonly about it. He said it like, <laughs> right. you know, it's going to come out and you're going to see it one day, you know. And then I want it all one day. <laughs> and you want it all one day. And you know what? So do I. And that's the thing. I've, I've said this a few other places, but like I actually have like a ton of stuff. Uh, from like the vault and it's in varying degrees of quality mm-hmm. audio wise, you know, because mm-hmm. Prince would write a song. He'd write a song in a couple of hours, yeah. you know, demo it, track it and then throw it in the vault. He'd be like, one day I'll be back to that. Um, yeah. But what that meant is that then there's degradation of the tape and a bunch mm-hmm. of other stuff. So sometimes you'll have this, this song that sounds great. Like the melody and the hook is great, but the quality of the audio is terrible. Yeah. And you know, it's like, there are people who swear by their bootleg collections and they're like, I've listened to this one and I, this one and this one. And I'm like, I have a ton of it, but I gravitate more towards the, um, the official releases because yeah. for me, that music is curated by Prince mm-hmm. and there, and it's what he would always do is he would write a song and then he would wait for him to have an album, uh, an, an idea, a concept that this collection of songs could be put in a certain order to tell a story. And then he would release it as an album. Like it, that's part of the thing that I do too, is when I'm reviewing the albums as a storyteller, as a, you know, a designer, of things like this like i've always approached his albums from a very storyteller aspect so i'll start explaining like this is why the songs are sequenced this way because it goes from this to this to this to this and this is the story that's being told and you wouldn't believe like i blow some people's minds when i break it down like that (laughs) because they're just thinking oh it's just great songs on an album uh because that's what every other artist did is they would just uh, whatever songs they had they throw on an album and then that was over but if you you look at it as a story that Prince is telling, then you understand why there were all these songs that were complete and finished songs that just never found a home because he never got a story that he wanted to tell along with other songs for these particular songs. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. The, the, what I do. And it's interesting that using kind of YouTube as a, as a vehicle, uh, it went from me just, you know, blabbering my friend's ears off about Prince constantly uh, to me now having, you know, thousands of people who watch my videos every week. And like, that's mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? For sure. You know, um, you know, and I, I always make the joke that it's just like I'm just the one who got up there and was the loudest. 
<laughs> and, you know, people started paying attention to me. But half of the stuff that I will make a video about, I'll be like, I didn't know this, but oh my gosh, guess what I just found out? You know, so it's not like I'm out there and I'm like, I'm the authority and I know everything more than everybody else. Like, I'm excited to share. Yeah. You know, that's that's what my channel is. And I feel like that's why we've had, you know, such growth and we have such a sense of community on my channel is that, you know, I don't I don't talk down anybody. I also don't allow people to talk down to others in my comment sections. That's good. Uh, you know, in my in my opinion, we're all just uh, at different spots in our Prince journey. Yeah. You know, I might be further along than you. I might be behind you. We're all headed towards the same place. Why, why, why denigrate somebody who's just behind you? You know what you should do is you should, you know, uh, like Monday, uh, what was that? Yesterday, actually. Um, yesterday, my video was I shared a song that is not widely known called uh, Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. And it's I saw by that Prince. Video. And he put it, he put it out in, you know, 1995 and all that stuff. And I, I happened to get a copy of it a few years ago. But again, since I do my reviews in order, I had to wait until we were in the mid nineties before I could talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I finally did that. And I had somebody in the comments go, I feel like a bad Prince friend now because I didn't know about this song. And I'm like, that's not the way to interpret this. Right. Now, you know, about the song. Mm -hmm. Now you're one step further uh, in your Prince journey. So it's not about where you were, it's about where you're going. I love that. Have you had any sort of interactions with maybe like well-known people in the Prince world? Like, I don't know, a, a, whether it's someone from the revolution or somebody like who, is, is there anyone that you've been able to interact with? Um, I've done, I've done a few interviews. Um, with uh with alumni and whatnot um i've interviewed my very first interview was jellybean johnson oh great great and That's if awesome. you go back and you watch that interview i was super nervous the whole time i was mm. talking way too fast and <laughs> which which you can hear like you hear how fast i this is my normal speed but during that interview i was talking even faster um <laughs> So, but I've interviewed him. Um, I've also had the pleasure of interviewing um, Gail Chapman. Uh, I've interviewed Eric Leeds, oh, and uh, I've interviewed Shelby J, who is awesome. And uh, so, yeah, I've I've interviewed some people. There's more than that, but that's, awesome. I, that's you know, if that's who I've interviewed, uh, I actually have some interviews coming up. Uh, pretty soon here, actually, as a matter of fact, that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I don't know if I should share it because it hasn't. I've sent questions and I'm waiting for confirmation. <laughs> I totally understand. So I'm going to say <laughs> I'm not going to share because I wanted to make sure it's somebody who doesn't who hasn't spoken right about anything. Uh, so I wanted to send them the questions, make sure that they were comfortable. And uh, and I've actually had like the interviews that I have had. The, the they have approached they've widely approached me and a lot of them say like i've watched some of your stuff and you really just seem like you're genuine and enthusiastic and positive and you're a happy person and you're not trying to get gotchas and you're not you know trying to make a name off for yourself off a of prince and you just seem like a good dude uh can we do an interview well, and I'll be cool. like, sure, that sounds great. <laughs> you know? That's the best so. kind of interview to get. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Have you um, or who are some of your like Prince disciples that you like, like a D'Angelo or Questlove or I don't know um, if Alicia Keys counts. Maybe she oh, does. Gosh. 
Alicia Keys, I think, counts. I think for me, um, I've always been drawn towards uh, those those singular kind of creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so sometimes I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> like. How could I say this again? Like my my journey with Prince was very Prince centric, mm-hmm. and as soon as Prince was done with somebody, I was done with somebody. I was on mm-hmm. to the next. Like let's do the next music. So I was very focused on him, but I've also been like very focused on other people like Trent Reznor, uh, mm-hmm. Tori Amos, um, Billy Corgan, Fiona Apple. You know, like those kind of creators that are like you could literally just lock them in a room and they could come out with an album. Yeah. You know, so I love people like that. Now, if we go to disciples, I guess is a good word, you know, protégés and whatnot. Um, over the last four years, I've actually discovered much more of the protégé work that he's done and the albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really dug uh, Jill Jones's 1987 album, oh, cool. Jill Jones. Yeah. Uh, that album was amazing. Uh, I've mentioned her before, but Shelby J, uh, she released an album called 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? 2000, 2015. Like it was very, it was like right before Prince died, she released an album mm-hmm. and, um, or right after one of the two, but that album was really great of, you know, original music from her. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's hard for me to like just like you know boil it down to to one or two because I try to listen to them all. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are like you know way into the time, and I actually do dig the time. Yeah, but the time always felt like more an extension of Prince and not necessarily their own thing. Yeah, not uh, until their fourth album did they yeah, seem like their own later. thing. Yeah, because um, before that, it really you're right. It really was because he. Some people don't realize that he wrote all of the first three albums. And people don't. <laughs> and I've even heard that he and Morris Day performed the the albums. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Morris Day was the drummer. Yeah, Morris Day was the drummer, and Imprints did everything else. And then and the then, band toured it. And then the band toured it. And it's funny because I remember I did a review. One of my first reviews was of the time because it was early in his career, so those were my first reviews. And um, I remember I was like. Yeah, I mean the time was good, but like this is a Prince album, yeah. everybody. You know, and they're like, "Oh, but it's got Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis in it." And I'm like, "Not on record, right?" Like, <laughs> Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis toured it, but yeah, he didn't do it. Um, another couple of like amazing people that I forgot to mention: uh, Childish Gambino. Yeah, uh, love, love, love him. He's and unreal good. Chris Cornell, <laughs> who, who recently passed. Yeah, you know so. There's a there's a lot of really good ones. Um, one last protege, Ida Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Love her, love her, love her. She's she's so good. And Ingrid Chavez, she just released an album last year. Um, so I her just too. Randomly looked up Candy Dolfer because I hadn't seen much of her in a while, and she's still out there kicking it. Is she okay? Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually looked much into. Um, Candy, because she was with him for a, a long time, right? Yeah, around that, <laughs> but, starting yeah. around that, or maybe a little bit before that. Uh, yeah, musicology era. Yeah, well, well she started. Okay. She started with him in uh, Batman. She's in the Party Man video. She is. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, watch the watch the Party Man video because that's after Eric left. Wow, I and had she... no idea she was with him that long. Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, this is why I'm talking to you. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I want to know how you come up with topics to cover because, like, as you mentioned, you have almost 600 uh, and you're not all doing just reviews of albums. Like you're doing a bunch of things. So how are you coming up with some of these? And there are a lot of really inventive ideas that you have on there. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I'll say is it's getting harder and harder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the more you can, yeah. You know, as time goes on, like, I'll be like, did I already do this idea? I think I did. Um, you know, the wordplay series that I was talking about before, that's new, uh, mm-hmm. because I was like, I think I, that can be a new thing that I can start. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently somebody asked me to start listing my top five on each album. I was like, I could do that. That sounds yeah, fun. That'd be great. Um, you know, so I think I'm up, th- I'm through Love Sexy. Love Sexy was the last one I did. Um, for me, I honestly, I really just try to keep the channel fun mm-hmm. and whatever is most interesting to me at the time, uh, that's what I do. And obviously there's the, there's the algorithm, the YouTube algorithm to, to, you know, to talk about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll do a video because I'll be like, Hey, I could do this video and it'll get a lot more people to come and check it out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's like my reaction to Justin Timberlake's Super Bowl performance. <laughs> oh, I posted right. it up the next day. Um, and honestly, my like my bottom line reaction to it was kind of like meh, mm. but I made a video about meh, uh, so that you know it got me more traction on my channel and it brought more people into the community. Mm. So you know, sometimes it's like okay, I have to kind of do that. But yeah, I would I, say, yeah, I mean, it was uh, for Prince tribute that one was fine you know i didn't i loved it because they did a prince tribute but you know it, i don't even think it was timberlake's best work you know yeah like no, he's had better really performances and honestly it, it, my end result of that was that the tribute was the worst part of his performance because the whole rest of it he was doing his more upbeat songs and he was dancing and interacting with the crowd and the like yeah. the horns were you know his band was awesome and mm-hmm. like it was really high energy and then he sat down he sang a couple bars of I would die for you and then he ran away and i was like oh yeah. like that was exactly. unnecessary it was a so. nice tip of the hat but it was just like okay like <laughs> you're, you're yeah. in minneapolis so you have to <laughs> We really didn't need that. But for me, it's like a lot of the time, it really is just me kind of just in, I'm in my own fandom, you know? So it's like whatever's most interesting to me at the time, I'm going to talk about it. Um, And I try to link it to things that, you know, conversations that are happening in the community. Yeah. Uh, For some of the time, my video will come out and I'll be like, I've heard this in the community. Here's why that's wrong and stop doing that. Oh, nice. um, okay. You know, because because a, a lot of it is like I did one called Prince and the Black Experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one was a huge deal for me because it was from a conversation and kind of tackling the fact that so many people think that Prince was, quote unquote, colorblind and he didn't care about race. Uh, it couldn't possibly be farther from the truth. Which exactly or what I say usually is, well, that's what it was in the early 80s. So when did you stop listening? Uh, Yeah, because but even controversy, he's sort of like. Well, true. Well, Well, uh, in the early years of Prince, a lot of his discussion upon race was 
um, you know, what am I, you know, uh -huh. yeah. why does it matter? We should all just be together. Like that's what a lot of the conversation was in the mm -hmm. beginning. Mm -hmm. And that was so that he could kind of cross that line and kind of, you know, appeal more to a white audience and all of that stuff. Cause it was hard back then for black artists to cross over yeah. and, and become like that worldwide giant megastar that Prince ended up becoming. Mm -hmm. Uh, but as his career went on, uh, he, stopped doing that and mm -hmm. was just like by the way i'm black mm -hmm. and people and it, there's a really famous line that he has it's um you would have never drank my coffee if i if hadn't, I hadn't, hadn't served cream. cream yeah i just heard, listened to that song the other day you know that's, and what's see, and my that's, name from that's uh, crystal a, ball people and should that's listen an to example it. of what i was talking about with the mm -hmm. he said that but he was really saying something else yeah but he oh yes just, but he didn't just say that he found a really creative way to say it Great lyricist. And because he's a wonderful lyricist. Yeah. Exactly. I love your video about uh, searching for the best Prince Scream because I love Prince's Scream. And yeah. you had some gems of screams on there. I love that video. I love that you're uh, you're you're tackling his music from that perspective, you know, where it, you're thinking about it that way. Because um, my favorite scream was is from We Can Funk. Um oh. Do you know the one I'm referring to in that song? I do. I do. That That's deep, a good one, it's though. It's deep in the... It's so... It's at the end, for people who don't know. It's like the last... It's within the last minute. Yeah. And it's deep in the mix. But he just holds a scream, and then... I, I feel like he changes key or something. <laughs> he does like a key change. It's unreal. I yeah. love it. And but yeah, that that video alone I love because I just love his his scream so much. Oh well, thank you. And and honestly, I've done two of those now. Um, oh, I gotta check it out. I gotta check it. But out. But I still other. stand by the the very first one that I did, and that was that the number one was Endorphin Machine, and that's just it. Just is. Like, yeah, that was like the one I saw. You know, um, um, that is a good one. That and that video, that was actually the very first. I believe that was the first top ten that I did on the channel. So that video is like super old. Like if you watch one of my more recent top tens, like I did, uh, I did top ten party songs, top ten funky songs, top ten mm -hmm. love songs. You know those sorts of things. Um, if you watch some of my later ones, like obviously my mic is better and I got more camera tricks and stuff. Like back mm -hmm. then, it was just me, you know, just me in a still <laughs> image. You know, it worked out though. That's uh, where you have but, to start out. That's how yeah. that's how it has to be. Well, and that's what I was, and that's, you know, kind of going back to one of your original questions was like, how did I, you know, get into doing YouTube videos? That's, that's pretty much it. Like I started with my, you know, my built-in camera on my iMac and that was it. And then eventually I, you know, bought a mic and then I bought a better mic and then I bought some lighting and then I ended up buying a new camera and then I bought a different camera and then like I bought now sound equipment and like I've been building it up over like the last four years. So like what I do now, if you compare it to what I did back then, oh my gosh, like it's worlds apart. Um, but the passion is still there and that's, that's, that's the most important part. You know, the day that this stops being fun for me, I probably just won't do it anymore. And yeah. That's a that's a pretty prince, you know, way to look at things because that's how I've always looked at things. Yeah, it's just you know, once it's no longer fun, why are you doing it? Right. You know, so ah, uh, that's that is great. Well, 
we could talk forever about Prince. Uh, I would definitely love to have more conversations with you about Prince, but we have reached the end of the episode, and it's a great uh, time to create something together. Yes. And I, here's my idea. Like, it would be to create a video. Like, you have these great videos. Like, what would be mm-hmm. an idea for a new Prince video? So, um, I'm sure you have uh, so many things on the list, but I would, there are a couple that came to mind for me. One would be maybe a top 10. Well, you have a top 10 underrated print songs, but yeah. one similar might be top 10 deep cuts. Okay. Or maybe top 10 best or top 10 covers of print songs. Top 10 covers. So, so that's, that's a tricky one. Cause I've done cover, I've done videos mm-hmm. that were like Prince covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those, those aren't on my channel anymore because what's ended up happening is I would make the video and obviously you have a bunch of different artists clips right. of their songs. Right. And that means that instead of me just having to contend with just Warner brothers, mm-hmm. I'm now having to contend with Warner brothers and RCA and Sony mm-hmm. and, uh, and mm-hmm. all of them are taking a, like a look at my video and saying, yeah, you can't do that. It's blocked. So uh, that's why those videos aren't on my thing anymore. I would love to do those and I could probably do them like just vocally and just not share <laughs> clips, but it's always yeah. more fun to share clips. Yeah. Um, so is there so a rule? My- like, do you have to, share less than 30 seconds or or like what is the way to get around it i believe that the fair use rule is like six seconds Mm. but uh how do i get around it that's that's tricky i i don't really Mm -hmm. uh i essentially just try to share as much of the song as i can uh without triggering the algorithm okay so sometimes that's 10 seconds Sometimes that is just six seconds. Sometimes I just have to take the song out. Uh, so, you know, um, because, I, you know, I do want to make it so that I can monetize it. A lot mm-hmm. of the time, I, if I, just, I can just leave it in and just let it get claimed, and then I just don't make any money off of it. But then mm-hmm. it's harder for me to make those kind of videos because I do invest a lot of time into them. Yeah. And, you know, it if it doesn't pay for itself, then I have to find other things to do so I can pay my bills. Right. So, <laughs> um, Define well, maybe, what a deep oh. cut is for me, though. Okay, so, and, and I'm glad you asked that because I'm a nerd who would differentiate between deep cut and underrated. To me, right. underrated would be a song that was released. So people got a chance to, to like, make it a hit on the charts or not, mm-hmm. but they wrongly didn't. they incorrectly didn't let it get higher on the charts and it should have been maybe (laughs) um a deep cut would be something and and, it just the way i would define it is would be a song that's on an album or was on a single or an ep or something that was it was something that was out but not necessarily an official single Okay. All right. See, and that's the thing with Prince, though, is that it's it's hard to do that because that accounts for a lot of his music. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> there is a big challenge in doing this. You know, because I think, like, if you look at his music, like, so if you take, let's take Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that uh, Greatest Romance Ever Sold was a single. Yes, it was. And... Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the only like big single. 
Uh, I, mm-hmm. You know what? No, I think um, Hot With You was a single. So essentially what you would be saying is like the best song that is not one of those two songs on the album. Right. Or just a great song. Like the best of the great songs that are on an album okay. that, um, you know, maybe everybody knows it. Yeah. But it wasn't the like single or the okay. B side of a single. All right. Yeah. I mean, top 10 deep cuts. And I could definitely do that. And that's why I wanted to define it. Yeah. Because, you know, um, I remember when I went to go see the For You uh, symphonic orchestra tribute to Prince. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the beginning, and, you know, this Quest Love's voice, and it's like, you know, the first half is deep cuts. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to hear this. And the deep cuts were like, seven out of the nine songs off of parade okay so i was like that's not deep that's just all of parade (laughs) (laughs) he did have all my dreams on there so that's that's a deep cut. that's a deep in my opinion all my dreams is a deep cut right but Um, mountains doesn't count as a deep cut it's a great song it's maybe underrated but it was a single it has a music video (laughs) for crying out loud exactly yeah i and i'm horrendous about knowing what I would have to use like uh, some sort of a a couple of websites to know what was released and what was not but I would probably gravitate towards things that are on the hits and the b-sides because it seems like some of those weren't even (laughs) b-sides but they found their way on this yeah well I mean like uh, I would say that somebody would probably say would have to be on the top 10 cuts would be probably Scarlet Pussy. Yeah. Um, like that's just an amazing, mm-hmm, it's a great mm-hmm. song. And the fact that it was relegated to a B side is it's uh, hard to grasp with. Yeah. Cause it's just such a fun song. Um, yeah. but you know, I would also say something like, like rock and roll love affair mm. would probably be an amazing song yeah, that I feel cut. is a deep cut, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. I'm it's... trying to think of some, like, I'm not sure. Was the marrying kind or if I was the man in your life, those are two favorites among like my friends who love Prince. And I. Um, yeah. Most people love, mm-hmm. um, if I was the man in your life, yeah. I've always gravitated more towards marrying kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause for me, that's like an example of Prince's humor. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Songs. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and, and those songs, since they run together and they're right next to each other, they run together in such a way that I almost take them as like one song, <laughs> but yeah. I'm aware that they're separate songs, <laughs> but, um, I love both of those. I don't know if either were released. I don't think they were. No, I, I think, I think musicology was musicology and cinnamon and girl were the singles yeah. off of musicology. Yeah. And so that means reflection is really high up there for me as a deep cut. Mm. Um, but that one gets, seems to get a lot of attention. It, it makes does. it feel like it's less of a deep cut. Well, um, I, I think it does. Revelation is, um, I'm sorry, not revelation, reflection. reflection. Yeah. Sorry. Revelations off of uh, <laughs> Planet Earth. Too. Yeah. Um, no, that's resolution off of Planet Earth. He he, he liked those R words. Um, <laughs> I would say I would say that it would probably still count as a as a good deep cut because it mm-hmm. is a deep cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also for me, part of what makes a deep cut is um, possibly kind of what's around it. You know, yeah. it's like 
because because a song like that uh, can sometimes get buried by the like the the magnitude of the songs that are around it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, very true. I mean, that's so, more of like yeah. a low key kind of like chill song, you know, and you have all these other like big giant songs on musicology, like right there next to it. Mm-hmm. And it can make it kind of get lost in the shuffle. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Family name. It's a huge one for me. I don't know if that one was ever released. I don't think it was. I don't think any, I don't think there were any singles off of rainbow children. Yeah, there may not, there may not be, um, a couple of them have gotten a little more attention because he played them live so much. But yeah. I don't, I mean, they, they do feel like deep cuts in his catalog at least just because yeah. people weren't paying as much attention to that album. Yeah. I think one plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one well, equals the, three. Yeah. That's a great one. Probably the one that gets the most attention off of that yeah. album. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mentioned we can funk earlier that may have been released, but if it wasn't, then that would be one I would, throw out there as a potential song for this list i don't know i don't know if i would i don't know if i'd buy that one as a deep cut that's fair that one gets that one gets like so much attention like it i mean even if it wasn't a single but it might Mm -hmm. as well have been a single um and i think that that goes with its connection to uh weekend f word from back in the day yeah so yeah oh that's a good point uh joy and repetition i don't know if that one is consider i don't know if that was that was that would be a deep cut or not i'd say that i think that one or question of you i I think either of those yeah yeah either either of those off of a graffiti bridge i would say are pretty good being deep cuts because they weren't you know singles i mean i guess there's a question of you video Mm. uh on youtube but i'd say that that's i think that that's great um as a deep cut. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It's just like, it's so hard to do this with friends. Yeah. Um, there's so many. I mean, there, you, know. I, you know, I could say savior from emancipation, crucial from crystal mm-hmm. ball. Um, I love arms of Orion <laughs> from Batman. Honestly. Now here's the funny thing about that. That was a single. Oh, that's right. It was. <laughs> so that, 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 so that, that, count. that one can't be count. it. Yeah. A good love um, is another one. Um, good, good love's good. Um, gosh, he had you so know, many good songs. Ah, well, and that's what's what ends up happening when I make my top ten lists. Usually, mm-hmm. I I go album by album and I figure out what songs on each album fulfill the criteria that I've mm-hmm. created. Uh, and usually, I end up with a list of about twenty five, thirty songs, and then I start whittling it down to ten. Uh, and I'll usually have one or two honorable mentions. Uh, if I if I don't plan on doing a second part to that list, I'll have some some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, like like love songs, I'm like I don't really need honorable mentions. I'll just make another <laughs> love song list later on. Cool. <laughs> He's got enough of them. <laughs> uh, uh, any final deep cut to mention here? Let me see. Um, let me see the dance. Most likely, mm. love that song. That's from thirty one twenty one. I, that that one is uh, solid. I I think I just saw you mention it in one of your videos that I watched. Oh, I mean the dance is it's one of my all time favorites. Yeah, definitely. I love that album thirty one twenty one. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and we could even go to yeah, like Plectrum Electrum. I would say something like maybe Tic Tac Toe or Pretzel Body Logic. I love Pretzel Body Logic on that album. You know, so. 
I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to be. <laughs> there's there's so much. That's why we'll do I do a few I, I of these deep cut videos. Then. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you could. And I don't I don't come out with uh, top tens all that often, and it's usually because I'm I'm fighting with myself as to what's going to actually end up yeah. on it. I would have a know? tough time with that. But what you could do with that, it could be like top ten eighties deep cuts. Oh top 10 yeah. 90s deep cuts. And that would actually narrow it down a little bit more yeah. and allow you to basically it's built in additional content. Cause now you're like, Oh, well now I have to do at least three of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and that's, that's also kind of what I do sometimes is I try and come up with things that, um, can either create some sort of, uh, new series or something to that effect or something that I can break up uh, like when I did, when I got to Crystal Ball, for instance, when I got to those reviews, I was like, well, um, I'm not going to do one video for all of Crystal Ball. <laughs> so right. like immediately I was like, well, that's at least four videos. And then I decided to make an infomercial, uh, kind of a spoof infomercial <laughs> for Crystal Ball. So that was a fifth video that I did. Um, so, and that's, and that's one of the things too, is the, now that I have like all this interesting camera equipment and i've i'm a screenwriter on the side as well i do screenwriting and music uh, i'm sorry and a movie movie stuff so i've been trying to work on like my cinematography and how to shoot things and stuff like that so i've been working a lot on those things so i've been trying to use that a lot more on my channel uh so i've been coming up with like little funny skits or you know stuff like that um I also have other YouTube channels because I'm like I have this stuff sitting around and I like to talk about everything. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's just it, it kind of just it it's it's become a, a very large part of my life. And uh, it's yet another thing that I have, you know, Prince to thank for in the end. There it is. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> thank you, Jason, for having me really great having him on if you want to check out more about what he's into you can go to princesfriend.com you can also just look up prince's friend on youtube it's just youtube.com slash prince's friend or follow him on twitter facebook and instagram at prince's friend yt don't forget he also has his gaming that he creates third eye games you can go to thirdeyegames.net and you can also follow at Third Eye Games on Twitter and Facebook. Don't forget to follow us as well at There It Is Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and on Instagram at Jason Farr Picks. Next week's guest is Cambry Cruz. I am very excited to share that one with you. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 